0: Hey, big MX fans. A little bit of a different wrinkle to today's show. Uh, Chris Elliott of the YP.com Nuclear Blast KTM Slayton Racing Team dropped in for a phone call where we uh, broke down just about everything, all the way from how he discovered my show as well as uh, how he connects with the struggle of a young Canadian uh, trying to make his way down south to uh, cover the sport of motocross.
1: I respect your grind. I respect that, you know, you're trying to beat the odds. We got the lowdown on
0: how Chris got started in the industry and in, um, started from one blog post.
1: Seeing a published piece of work that I did, whether it was full of spelling mistakes, I'm sure it was, whether it made sense, I'm sure it didn't, it didn't matter. I just like seeing that uh, you know, that digital pen to paper that, that I had in the form of, of a blog post.
0: And then I come to find out that the way the two of us start isn't so different after all.
1: I randomly just called I don't remember who it was at the time, at directmotocross.com and said, hey, can I do freestyle content for you? I won't charge you, I just want to get my feet, feet in the door, you know? And, and that, you know, thankfully they said, yeah, for sure. Shortly after that, just like you, I was calling everyone, anybody who gave me an interview, it didn't matter, and, you know, slowly by slowly, all of a sudden I was on the phone with Mike Mason and Adam Jones and, you know, all, those, all the bigger names, and I had more content than Direct Motocross needed.
0: So I asked Chris, what's the magic number? How many podcasts should I be doing each week?
1: People can't get enough content. And like I said, I've been looking into your deal and and it's perfect, man. You're pumping it out like crazy. Well, maybe 1% of the population be like, well, you know, slow down. But 99% of it's like, no, keep coming, keep coming. Like, you're going to publish, you know, the the podcast you do this week. And I'm going to listen to them probably all tonight.
0: At some point in our conversation, it had to come up. What's life like in the industry?
1: What I could say is when I first tried to get into the industry, a lot of people told me it's not what you think it is, it's not that glamorous, it's not that great, it's not very lucrative, it's not a lot of things, and I'm here to be totally honest with everyone and saying it really isn't, man.
0: Eventually, Chris and I were deep into a bench racing session where we started talking about a few of the riders on his team, including Cole Thompson.
1: Cole Thompson is a badass, dude. The thing is, he's so technically sound on the dirt bike and supercross that he doesn't have to push it. And he's arguably a better outdoor rider.
0: Being a Manitoba boy, I had to ask Chris about FXR racing.
1: We'd love to have everyone FXR. Those guys are great, and uh, we're we're hoping to have a long relationship with them.
0: All right, let's pick the conversation up right here. Chris, you've done an amazing job to set Sladen Racing apart from the herd. Many people would say prior to this season they didn't know the difference between the Blue Buffalo team or the Slater Skins team or Slayton Racing or Barn Pros. It's all the same to them. But what you've done this year is separate Slayton Racing from the herd predominantly by changing colors, but nevertheless you've, you've, made, you've made fans need to know who's on these teams. Congratulations on that. And was that the goal all along?
1: Yeah, and, and truthfully, man, that was that was the plan. That was honestly the plan. That's what made it kind of enticing to switch to KPM, and that's what made it, you know, enticing to have Cole. Um, we also knew Zach is, is a very well-known person in the industry, and everyone loves him, so that really helped out. Um, but it, it, it's cool. All those teams are really good, but we're all kind of like those, in life let's be honest, we're those tier T tier two teams that are fighting over the scraps right like we're we're trying we're we're making it happen we're trying to get it done but there's just we're not going to land those those uh, Christian Craigs or Adam Pincerello so I think we're doing a good job and I think you know I mean I'm surprised you know a lot of people haven't really talked about it but I mean as far as outside sponsors you know our two main sponsors are YP.com which is the yellow pages like I dare someone to know not what that is (laughs) and then uh, Nuclear Blast Records so, we, we honestly, we did that as a, as a conscious decision, too. We went out and got those main sponsors and kind of pieced everything together after, after those two main, uh, main guys. So, it's been great, and they're cool with us. Everyone's so pumped on the sport. You know, when you bring people in like Gerardo at Nuclear Blast, but the dude's in love with Moto now. Like he'll come on your show and he'll talk Moto with you for five hours. He's he loves it. Definitely, and same yeah. with the people at Yellow Page. The same with people at Yellow Pages. Like once once you're in and once you actually take the time to look and you're forced to check it out, you'll ne- you'll be a fan for life. How could you not be? I mean, even with like a guy like you or I. Like I know when I'm waiting for a flight on Sunday morning at six in the morning and I'm like uh, uh, I'm I'm never doing this again. But then Saturday night at around you know, six forty five, seven o'clock when those when that pyro goes off and and the show's starting, you're like, Okay, yeah. You know, this is this is what it's about and that translates to sponsors and and fans that come too. I think they they get hooked and I I, I've never met someone that's gone to a supercross race and then never came back.
0: Yeah. Supercross, motocross—it grabs you. It grabs you like nothing else, and like it's yeah. even difficult to even uh, like. There's other sports that we say, "Oh yeah, I totally get the exact same thing." No, stop for a second. <laughs> Let's think about a sport that literally you get full blown addicted to. You will set time aside. You you will make time for this sport in your life. You will um, go without. You will um, make decisions in your in your budget to, to fit this sport into your life. And there's very few other sports that you can really say that about. And, um, it, it gets your blood racing like nothing else. And it's the, the, you get people who, who speak passionately about it. And that's honestly the beauty of. Of, of this show is that you get people to come on and and, and speak passionately about something that really gets them going, and uh, you can hear it in their voices, and it's, it's it's such a cool thing to see. And like you see that from the the youngest riders to the to the grizzled old vets that are that are hardened by the sport and all this and that. that it's it's the same love. And uh, I've often said that my fastest lap time is the, to me is the same as your fastest lap time to you is the is Brian Villapoto's fastest lap time to him. We all scare each other out, out on the track. But we scare ourselves. We have those moments where we're just ripping a corner as good as we can. And, um, and that's the, the the crazy connection between motocross racers and just your average weekend warriors because it's that connection and that's why for the first day that you come to a motocross track for the very first time you don't know a single person there but on the way out as you as you leave that to the track's exit while well, you you got your truck loaded people that you don't know whatsoever will give you a nod they'll give you a wave they'll give me like give you a hey you did your thing I did my thing and we're all we all respect each other to a certain point uh, for going out there hanging it out and. Uh, that's what creates the motocross family to people think.
1: Dude. Yeah. And, and, and truthfully, if my fastest last time was as fast as I fell, I mean, you'd be interviewing me about my wins because it's funny how wicked you feel when you're on a your bike. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like I, rem- I remember, I remember I, I'd go a few weeks and I'd be, uh, cause I'd ride by myself a lot and I'd feel really good, real, real good. And I'd be like, tell my buddy, come on, videotape me. I'm flying. I'm flying. And oh, yeah. me, I'd be like, Damn, dude. Why do I All coast right, into dude. the corner from 600 yards away? Yeah. That doesn't look like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did I really chop the throttle off there? Huh. All right. It's almost hockey season. Let's put the bike away. Yeah. Yeah. So. That
0: whip looked a lot bigger when I was on the bike. You must have yeah. gotten a different video of when I wasn't whipping that big. Like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No way my head whipped that far more than my bike. Come on now. But. Yeah. No, it's cool, though, and you hit it on the head, dude. It's like you have that sense of brotherhood, and, and it's a two-wheel brotherhood, and it, it, it translates through everyone, and, and that's what makes it great. And then you add family into it, and it brings your family closer together, and that's and what it is, man. I'm pumped. My dad's coming out for, uh, to visit us, and I'm going to bring him down to Santa Clara, and I'm pumped because 1998, he's the one that took me to my first Supercross race in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh that's what got me hooked. McGrath put a beating on everyone, and uh everyone was on a two-stroke. You left probably, I'd say, pretty close to legally intoxicated from the fumes at that time. Yeah. And uh yeah, no, it was great. That's leaded
0: That's that's all that fun stuff.
1: Those are the days, man. I remember walking up to the Metrodome, and it sounded like there was like this giant beehive, and it was all those two-strokes ripping around that dome. And then you go in. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, you get hit with that big, f- those all those fumes, and and you know later in life, every time I smell those fumes, that's what puts a smile on my face. It's, there's something about race gas, but that's cool, man. It's it's a cool sport. I love it, and I'm I'm very fortunate and thankful to be being a part of it, even in the small part that I am. So it's oh, been totally. cool.
0: It's uh, it's so different. Anyone who's never been to a Supercross race that has never been out there when the the 250 uh, main is hitting, where those guys are just rev limiters, and you feel that you see them go by, and all you smell is like just straight V P, and you're just like, ah. Oh. And like even back in the day, I remember going to my first national back in 1999 in Grunthal, Manitoba. And everyone's on two stroke except for Doug Dubach, and it was just like. This is this like you you open the door and it was like this like whoosh of pre mm-hmm. premixed fuel and and ah oh, is nothing like it uh, like that's still to this day why I like I need to go to Washougal Washington in September for the one twenty five Dream Race and just like <laughs> hear 40 125s leaving the line at the very same time that is like it's literally I like I could probably that could be my 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 ringtone, what wakes me up in the morning. I got to figure out a way to make that my ringtone or my my like uh, my my alarm clock, um, because I, I don't think I could ever start a day badly if it's just
1: like <laughs> every single yeah. Time. Did you did you go to that race? Is that what you said? You went to that dream race?
0: Oh, I won- No, I, I that's like my bucket list oh, year. Is that I I, I didn't yeah, go last yeah. year, but uh, this year I got to go. For it.
1: I just, I remember seeing some of that stuff and they had that, the whole shot challenge and it looked really cool. So it's definitely, that's on my radar too. It's a pretty cool, cool setup there.
0: No doubt. It's like, because uh, like you've seen my twins, I, I assume, at some point through social you got... media. I have, I have twin Kawasaki 125 250s, 2004 and 05. Oh. Um, so they're like, they're just, they're the same and I love them. That, uh, yeah.
1: That's, that's a real dream, man. I've always wanted, because when I raced, I raced RM125, and uh, I still have, my dad, well, it's in, it's back home, but my dad still has, um, like, an 02-125. Yeah. And uh, my dream is to, like, restore that, get that thing redialed right dialed in, and then find a, the same year, like, a, well, I'll do 20 uh, 02 RM250 and just have those two things and just, just put them in the back of my truck and drive around. I do not want to get them dirty. Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, I I yeah. routinely just like I, I load them into the back of the truck and I head to Grunthal, and it's just like they're matching, they're clean as fuck, and they just yeah. like oh, they just sit there, and I have them like there's Chevy trucks, Kawasaki, just like James Stewart and Yogi uh, and and Yogi, and they're just like they're like everyone thinks that they have a glass case around them, but oh, I just is. Like it's When I was 13 years old, all I wanted was to have two twin two-strokes that would just sat on the stand the same way that uh, um, Blair Morgan's, and because like, back in the day when they had to do like, yeah, the yeah. race 125 and 250, you just see those two yeah, sitting exactly. there, and they're, like, they look identical. One's got 125 plates on it, one's got 250 plates on it, and you're just like, yeah, that's badass. That's Canada. Boom. Motocross. I just sent you a picture. Uh, did you? Yeah, I did
1: sick oh yeah, yeah yeah right on yeah dude that's the real dream um it's funny it's funny you say that like what you just said is, is the is my exact reasoning for wanting those like there was a couple of guys when i was younger that tried racing nationals but they had both their bikes they had the 125 and 250 and they looked the exact same just different place and i'm like that is so badass that is unreal and that's I mean that's the driving force behind what I want in life too, so that's really funny. But my dad, my dad, he's got a, you know he's formed a crazy addiction, and it's buying mini bikes and restoring them and then just keeping them. And I have to send you some pictures. He's got oh dude, he's got tons from the seventies, eighties. He's a really big fan of the little Hondas and stuff like that. And so I, I've always told him like, why don't you put a little bit of effort into the RM125? Like, what are you doing? But he's just uh, Pastrana replica. Oh. Hey, yeah, we were we uh, went to Melville that year uh, when he had the Sobi bikes, yes. and uh, those were badass. And that was when Wyndham was on them, and it was cool, man. That was a good year. Those were the days. I missed the, I missed them. You know, that's the thing too. It's I miss the days of once a year at Minneapolis and once a year at Melville. Those were my two races, and they were just you were just blown away, and you couldn't get enough stickers, and you couldn't get enough posters, and. He just ran around like a maniac all day. It was awesome.
0: No doubt. I remember uh, going to uh, Minneapolis Supercross 2004. Ricky's, Ricky's out with a knee injury. James Stewart on a 125 two-stroke puts in a faster lap time than Chad Reed in the main event. And uh, that's when he was doing his sprinkler thing and the whole nine yeah. yards. And, yeah, it's two, It's mainly two-strokes uh, except for, uh, like, the Yamaha four, uh, 250Fs. They had a, like, were you there that year in 2004? In Millville? In, no, in, uh, in Minneapolis. It was like um, Davy Millsap's rookie race.
1: When he had the no fear gear?
0: Yeah.
1: 118? Yeah, I'd been there then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they
0: had this one triple out of a corner, and all, all I can remember is being there during practice, and they're completely dead uh, in the stands and everything, and just like every time a guy would come around, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> is like the best sound in the entire world, and of course, James beat everybody by like forty seconds in a fifteen lap race. And um, um, yeah, that's that. If if you want to know how to get hooked on a sport, uh, that's basically it. In a nutshell, is um, goes without saying. But uh, like, it just it, I, I just get, I'm get fired up right now talking about a race that happened twelve years ago.
1: So, well, <laughs> well hey, hey, th- those honestly. I wish we had those races now because I feel like they were really good back then. They were way more predictable. James on the 125 was unreal. Um, Now it's obviously James is in a different place in his career, but I'm waiting for those those days to come back because that was good racing back then. And, And people forget, like, people forget, like, you know, James and Reed used to go at it in the one twenty five class and he was on that two fifty F in his rookie year and O2, uh, Yeah, like those those were those were really good years and Pastrana was still in the series and, and, and there was that and then you know a lot of the guys well not a lot of the guys, some of the guys that are in you know on their way out now in the four fifties, they were still there and it was it was cool man. But um I'm tired of watching your buddy Deep Dungy mm-hmm. put a whip on everyone. So yeah, no I want doubt. those days um, that
0: the, the last time I lined up against Ryan Dungey would have been Staples O three. We were on eighties, um, and the last uh, I, I saw his back fender until about the first corner, and then you see you later. Uh, but the guy, I, I, he's his his style. Like it's it's one thing back when like like when Stewart and when Carmichael were uh, winning championships and like by a mile, but like watching them ride, you be like you could think you'd be the only one on the track, and I'd, I'd still feel like I got my money's worth. But mm-hmm. watching Ryan Dungey win motocross uh, races, like I, I like good on him, and like like can't take nothing away from him. But he's like his style is just, I'm like I, to, I I'm watching it on TV, and I'm like oh, I wish someone else was winning. <laughs> yeah like you know
1: what I mean <laughs> yeah dude I totally agree but the funny thing about Dungie is too and like I'm bad for it because I just at the end of the day if anything I'm a fan and I just want to see good racing but you know you have to pull back the layers and just people have to understand like he's such a badass because what oh, yeah. you're watching is someone and I, this is a this is a crazy ridiculous way I'm going to make the comparison anyway but like like how sometimes when I'm watching Cole ride I'm like dude like Twist it, go. Oh wait, you are twisting and going. Just you don't have to try that hard. Where Dungey's kind of like on on another level. That's kind of what the deal is. It's like Dungey doesn't have to push it. it, it it's one thing after, like Tomac, for example. Tomac rides on the back fender. He's got to twist the entire time. He's pushing, 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 pushing. to bites him. Well, on most weekends, aside from the last, you know, the first two nationals last year, Brian Dungey can go either that speed or a slightly slower, comparable speed that's safer and you know, more proven without really having to try. So is he better than, like, say, Tomac, Philopoto, Stewart? Mm. When we look at it after his career is over, I don't know. But the case could be made, man, because I know when I do something, I usually have to try really hard, and it shows. But when Dungeon does it, he's just so effortless. And it's one thing to go really fast, but to go really fast to complete control and never have to worry about it should be good enough to say, Eh, I don't need to do that or eh, I'm not gonna do that, and I'll just do this. It's like all right
0: <laughs> I think in a cool. lot of ways he'll end up being like a, um like championships wise like he'll match say like a uh, maybe a villa poto in, the, in at the at the at the very end of his career he might catch up as far as championships or or like a stew um who like honestly Stuart has okay two one twenty five outdoors two 450 outdoors, two, uh, supercross titles, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's only six. And I think Dungy already has six or like working on more. So, um, like if you we want to talk championships wise, uh, for sure. But like Dungy, like he, like Stuart always pressed for the win. Very rarely took mm-hmm. a second place. Total wins wise, because of the fact that Dungie has the ability to kind of like back it down and settle for second and win those championships, total wins wise, I don't think he'll be up in the upper 50s. Like I, I guarantee he's probably probably yeah. close, but, um, like, the bulk of his career, uh, the first four years of his 450 career, when he would win a champion, like, the, the the championships that he won, he had about five wins each one, not like that, like, because when, when Villapoto was winning his championships, he was, like, 10, 11, 9, like, that's, you're, it's like, huge chunks of wins, and same thing with Stewart, like, he was almost, like, unbeatable, like, he'd come from 15th place to be in the lead by lap 10, not the same for, for Dungy. And like, even though like this year, his worst position has been a second. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. And, uh, like you think of like his, like the races that he's had in like this year where he's like, he was second at day one. He was second at, uh, at Glendale and se- second in, uh, in Arlington. Like, if he would have really pushed for those wins he probably could have got uh, at least one or two of them and that's the difference mm-hmm. in the record book over this course of a 10 year career of being either like up like 50 wins or somewhere in the like high 30s late uh, early 40s you know what i mean
1: yeah well it'll be interesting to see when he does call it a career and what the numbers look like and then i mean maybe not what the public numbers look like but let's just say career-wise, like would maybe James have rather have slow played it and had more of a Dungy career or Dungy wishes he maybe took some chances for that one more title or maybe not that one more title. Maybe it was, you know, two compound fractures or something because that's, yes. I mean, that's what you're talking about. That's a difference. But yeah, I mean, Stu, I mean, this is a good segue into the Daytona race. I might as well chat about that. Like Stu, yeah. I love Stu, man, but... What you're seeing in Stewart now, I think, is just mental and physical drain. I think he's just... I think to get suspended at... What is he? He's got to be almost 30, right? Yep. He's 29. I think that... Yeah. Hopefully, he proves me wrong in the next year or two. But he should have came back one straight rhythm, dropped the mic, said, screw you, failed, and Wada, and said, bye-bye, because... It's hard to watch, man. I, I hate seeing that. I, I grew up admiring him beyond belief, and it's tough to watch someone that you he held to such high regard have such a rough time. Like, he, yeah. he he looped out, man. He looped out. He looped out. That that does not happen to someone that is physically and mentally alert. And he's not yeah. physically and mentally alert, and and he's not ready to go. He's not ready to go. Is its, it's the argument it could be made with Poto last year? Like, yeah, he just I, I, I loop out. You and in... I, you, you, exactly. You and I loop out. They don't loop out, and. Stewart looped out. He grabbed a handful and looped out, and that doesn't happen to someone that of his caliber when he's when he's there, and he's just not there anymore. So it it sucks to watch, man.
0: It totally does. Like for me, and I guess like many uh, fans that uh, don't watch hockey won't uh, connect with this, but it reminds me of the last year, to year and a half of Martin Brodeur's career. Like the guy just didn't have it anymore. And he wasn't the same mm-hmm. size as the other goaltenders were being so successful. They figured him out. There's enough, like, like, and he's not as fast as he used to be. He doesn't have the same reflexes as he used to have. And it was sad to see this guy who had won, like, uh, X number of Vesnas, X number of Stanley Cups, basically, uh, get hung, like, for, um, five, six goals on a nightmare. It's like, oh, Marty, hang him up. And, yeah. Uh, and like honestly, for me, like like uh, the key, like they had a, uh, a press release from uh, uh, from Feld today saying that uh, James Stewart uh, had to be held, like stayed overnight uh, in in the hospital. Like he's he's got some bruising in his lower back. Hopefully, back for Toronto. I'm like James, go home, go get ice, Advil, rest. Mm-hmm. Go go put the outdoor suspension on, rip that trap. Like but like honestly, take a couple of weeks off. Then come back yeah. fitness. I saw you on track walk at Daytona. You did not look like like uh, I look like I'm in better shape than you right now, and I, I'm I'm full blown winter body right now. Um, and uh, come back for for uh, for Hangtown, and, and and go r- rip off some 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 wins or or be more competitive because right now trying to trot yourself back out there is um it's 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 just sad to see and like uh and honestly yeah. as a fantasy motocross team owner it's rather frustrating.
1: Yeah, yeah i'm a, I'm on uh i'm not on talking to a lot of people in the industry because of motocross fantasy so i feel your pain yeah, yeah. i know same deal man I, I, again like when i say these things and i sound critical there, there i need that disclaimer out there that i i'm no i'm a you know i'm a chubby soul guy from canada but like mm-hmm. i seen him in i seen him in oakland and i was like whoa huh huh interesting like You know, just visually at first look, you could tell, like, that's not James. He's not ready to go racing. Uh, You know, whether age, genetics, time off, whatever is catching up with him, it's not good for him right now. And, I mean, unless you're James Stewart and you're battling for wins or podiums, I don't see the benefit of being out there on a personal level because... Nobody wants to watch you, like you said, trot at home. Like, I don't want to see that, man. And, and, and like, maybe that's where, like, guys like Villa Poto, to tip their hat to them. Cause, like, I know when I heard you were tired, I was pissed. I'm like, you freaking clown. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then at the same time, well, what do you want the guys to do? Do you want the guys to, like, slowly stick around they lose, it, until lose, they're it, lose it? Yeah, until they're getting lapped and, in in you know, arguably in the way in the last lap in Arlington. Like, what do you want? Yeah. So. I don't. I don't know what the answer is for Stu. I. I know it's not. I don't think it'd be to stay here and race Supercross for the rest of the year. I'd say call it a day, go to Canada. Yeah, go race Canada. I think he would rather uh, <laughs> take. Uh, I don't. I don't think he'd come to Canada. <laughs> I think that's no, Michael's job.
0: Yes, that's.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, but and, and, and bring controversy you, with him too. That's awesome. Oh, dude. I. I uh, yeah, I talked to. Uh, hoodie i think he was he was hill's mechanic the year that everything went crazy with uh freezing those guys and he was telling me some of those stories and no, it was oh my oh my gosh was he politely's mechanic yeah i can't yeah. remember it was so but yeah, yeah i mean i i've listen here's the deal like with the ls he's like i've i've tony wouldn't know who i am but i remember one time in I want to say like 12 in Oakland. I was in the press box and there, there were the only two in there. And he asked me what channel like the timing was on or ever. And I didn't know. And we started talking and nicest guy. He's so nice. And I don't know. I don't know what clicks off in that, that family or that program's head that just causes what they cause. But it, it's weird to watch, man, because he is really nice. And Mike's a nice yeah. guy too. So I've had them on my show. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I'm yeah, sat in the rig with Mike and just talked moto and he seems like he's a normal guy and he's asking about yeah. like just regular stuff. And he like, he remembered me from a, from a different race and stuff like that. Like it just, um, it's like, I was trying to think of like when, when you're, it's like almost like they're typecast uh, as a, as an actor, like you expect them to only be a certain way. And yeah. th- there are behavior towards them uh often evokes um like like a, a certain type of reaction. And I think if you if you treated anybody with that same re- uh same uh tone, you'd probably get a similar reaction, right? Like it's yeah. It's tough to to really um yeah, it's 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 not easy.
1: <laughs> nah I hear that man. But he, he, he wrote okay, I think he pulled what, like uh sixteenth in, in Daytona mic, which isn't great, but I mean what what do you really expect out of him at this point, right? Yeah. So no,
0: I totally get you, cool. man. But uh, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, um, let's talk a little bit about this race in Daytona uh, the Day- Daytona uh, the Daytona Supercross by Honda and if you didn't know it was sponsored by Honda, just look at the tough blocks um, <laughs> and uh, starting out with the uh, the two hundred and fifty class. Um, a, 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 Class that we, we, we submitted our picks. Uh, I was uh, I had one uh, one guy on my podium uh, that that you didn't. Uh, there was there was some discussion there about you uh, like not not agreeing with my pick, and I'm excited that I was correct. But um, let's uh,
1: come on, let's Talk to me at round six.
0: I'm oh, not. I know, I know, I know. No, but let's let, let's give the let, guy who won the race uh, his due. The first guy I want to talk about is uh, is Jeremy Martin, the six from Millville, Minnesota, uh, puts that thing up front, and uh, yeah, he's, it was a, it was a hard battle the whole race.
1: See, uh, look, I'm impressed, but I'm not surprised, and I, and I don't think anybody's surprised. Um, and good for Martin, but I'm gonna jump right over you right now and just go to Justin Hill. Like I, I want to know. He started sixth, ended up second, and he was putting all kinds of pressure on Martin. And the question I was kind of – like, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, well, is Hill just that fast or is Stewart just dropping anchor that bad and there's nowhere to pass? Because, I mean, at one point, there was four of them you could have threw – like, it was pretty close, correct, yeah. if, I, if I was seeing – yeah. So, I mean, Justin Hill – and I did a little research just for argument's sake, just in case you, you did your homework, but he had the fastest lap in the main event, did he not?
0: He did. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, Jeremy Martin, good for you. I still, I, I, again, I'm not surprised. Everyone thought he was going to win it, and and I and I figured he would, but I'm still not. I'm still not entirely pumped on him. I, I think the East Coast is a weird setup to where there's all kinds of question marks coming into round one, and you don't totally have them answered, and you're looking to have them answered in Daytona, but then Daytona is usually such a kind of it, it's so different compared to most other races. Well, you know, and it's getting. More and more like a typical Supercross, it's still different. So I, I, I'm reserving judgment on him until, like, say, round four. And same with your buddy Davos. You know what? Come on now, uh, <laughs> Mister Consistency why, it, himself, it, it, dude. Dude, he's he 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 owes me so much money over the last nine years in fantasy moto that I I can't even talk about him. I can't. It just infuriates me. But. um you know, Marty. Marty put in a third. It was a good ride. Um, again, I don't know. Well, I he have wouldn't have got that like, if
0: Stu doesn't uh, um, uh, stall the bike with uh, two laps to go. in fact, he would have not. Got, wouldn't he have gotten second?
1: Uh,
0: I'm, I'm to he would have gotten second. Stu. I would, Was Stu no, like second or third I, when he I, stalled
1: it? No, I think by that time Hill and Martin got by him. I think Martin Hill got by him shortly after. I could be wrong because. I was definitely more interested in the UFC fight this weekend, but yeah, um, yeah. no, dude. Um, Stu dropped anchor. That was weird. He was lucky he was that kind of track that he dropped anchor on because literally there was nowhere to pass, which is good and bad, I guess, depending on who you're talking to. But um, no, Marty rode good. It's just for me. Like this year, here's the thing. Like I, I'm not a big fan of the idea of Marty winning. But I think he's going to. I think, listen, dude, you can only flip a coin. If you flip a coin 10 times in the first nine, it hits tails. It's eventually got to hit heads. And, I mean, the guys had the speed to win time and time and time again. and arguably could have took off some championships. And I'm at the point where it's like, okay, how many more times could it go wrong? Yeah. How many more times could he just not win? He's got to win. It, it, it has to happen. And, and, and I really, like, as much as I don't like saying this, I like him for the championships i'm just nervous i just i, I don't think jeremy martin jeremy martin's kind of the same thing for me too like he's a question mark i don't get it right now i'm like hill's flying because hill had a really good race th- in round one and i would say he, he could have won last weekend if stewart didn't drop anchor and hold everyone up because i think it's weird like did Stu hold up martin to the point where hill caught him and Hill was faster or like, it just, it just depends. I think I would have liked to see those two get up front and fight it out. And I'm hoping we see it this weekend because yeah, I don't know if anyone has anything for Justin Hill right now. I might sound crazy, but dude, they're, they're, he's flying and, and he's mad. I mean, he, he basically got a demotion. It, I know he doesn't want, people don't want to call it that, but I mean, he was yeah, in that Red Bull truck last week, last year and, and he went backwards and he, He's kind of had... I mean, I'm sure at some point last year, Roger DeCoster just stopped talking to him because he was just fed up with whatever was going on.
0: I don't think he knows who Justin Hill is.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like he's fired up, dude. And he's done his homework, and he's flying. So, I'm loving it. Um, Plessinger kind of bummed me out, to be totally honest with you. But, I mean, he got a bad start. He went up, I want to say, four positions. So, he made some passes. But... I had him 1-2 with Martin, didn't I? Like, Martin first and second, I believe. I really yep. thought those two were going to latch on to each other. Um, Tonus, great ride, I guess. That start um, was not he...
0: fair, though. Like, if you didn't have – like, <laughs> uh, Plessinger, I believe, fa- uh, qualified uh, fourth? No. Fifth. Fifth fifth so but he yeah. so that means you were like five gates off the middle or off the inside um and you could have got caught in the wash in the middle there that's why he ended up mid pack and uh yeah like you said there's like on a track that you couldn't pass he made four of them so every uh every three laps he's picking somebody off
1: yeah which is impressive and then um but again like is that what is that him like is that where he slots in or should we ex- be expecting more of him? Like I know, PC had a lot of hopes for that guy, and arguably he's been underwhelming, right? So I, I don't know, but I guess I mean, again, you're a badass if you're sixth at Daytona. RJ mm-hmm. Hampshire seventh, right? Um, with RJ, I'm like a couple you other even guys see him didn't in the miss- class at all. Really? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, that guy. Honestly, as long as he's as long as he's finishing in the single digits all year and finishing the races, I'm not mad. I would think that he's pumped and his team's pumped. And how could you expect anything else? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was dead after that crash at Straight Rhythm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I really did. Seriously, um, he, like
0: we I, when yeah. I was watching that live, I'm like, we might have saw it, seen someone
1: die just now. Yeah, uh, I got the, the feeling. I got was the same feeling I got when I seen Zach Bell crash in his rookie debut.
0: Yeah. When he when he
1: he took a little bit of a, a nose dive off that triple, but no, it's good to see him back and running good. Jesse Wentland, I'm uh, Minnesota. I'm stamping him right now. Listen, listen, yeah, he's practically Canadian, and and I think this kid's kind of on the same trajectory of like a Cole Nichols. Like I think he's gonna put in some good rides this year. He's gonna have flashes of like, okay, okay, this is you know we'll talk about this kid, and I think next year he'll be no joke. I think he'll be kind of like the same as Nichols. And then um Bowers and McGrath, I think these are just guys that are, it's a product of an in- injuries and, and obviously sickness. They're just too good to be where they are. Like Bowers is yeah. too good and too talented to be dr- like driving around. I Go think he seventh started seventh. Yeah. Whatever he did. It's just, I don't know, man. It's not, it's not great to see. And then uh I was looking Benny Boss, I think, made the most pass, or next to Justin Hill. Him and Justin Hill made the most passes. Yeah, or no, Boss did. Boss Boss got six people. So that's that cool. Kid, that kid can make apparently,
0: some room for himself, though, because he's got those long levers and isn't. Uh, he's not shy to to stick it in on somebody. So kind of a perfect track for him to make some passes because uh, he's he's a bit of a rollerball out there. He'll uh, he'll push out <laughs> of the way.
1: Well, apparently, he's seven foot six. Is that true? I just
0: about you might as well be, I, I literally just texted him like an hour ago, asking him if he wanted. Uh, uh, pretending that I was the head coach of the Miami heat asking me if I, I told him I needed a point guard for tonight, but, uh, yeah, I believe yeah. he's legitimately, uh, six, five. And, uh, that is and, like, we used to think that like, like, uh, Travis Preston is stupidly tall on a motocross bike, guy is 6'3". Like, <laughs> yeah. like, we're talking like 4 inches taller than that. Like, that's seriously tall.
2: No, that's
1: crazy. And, and it's cool too because, like, obviously he, he split from his ride right before the season started and, you know, a lot of times kids just don't go racing after that. So it was cool that he made it up to the first round by himself and then he got picked up by the cycle trader team, I believe, if yes. I'm not mistaken so that's mm-hmm. cool dude and then uh i noticed uh i don't know if have you ever had him on a rod rodriguez
0: i haven't had a rod on but uh, that guy's got speed and uh
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> like that classic we can work with speed but uh um yeah. some injuries and uh i think uh for those who just go by uh, their national numbers as to where you'd want to put somebody for uh for for fantasy moto uh might be a little bit frustrating for those people
1: yeah, he uh, he hurt my feelings a lot last year as well. Um, It's the same thing with, like, Davalos, where you kind of like, ah, should I pick him? Should I do it? I mean, how much worse could it get? Yeah, we'll pick yeah. him, and then you pick him, and then it gets worse. But, you know, him and I think uh Dakota Alex finished right up behind him. I think those are two guys that just finished the races. Like, yeah, honestly, just if you're in the top Stock Dakota
0: Alex's bike, by the way. Bold move.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, if you're not getting the support, dude, like, honestly, like, I would do the same thing. I got a kick out of that dude that wore uh jeans and the shirt this year or last, yes. this last weekend at Daytona like, dude, class. perfect. Heck yeah, dude. Why not? Right. So, yeah, but I mean, they're both guys like they, they were brought up and kind of highly touted and, and people thought that we're going to see a lot out of them. And I mean, the tough first couple of years as pros and now they found themselves kind of on the outside, but you know, even like Rodriguez has an okay ride with the traders team. So there's some structure in place there, but, I. Uh, I don't know but Alex is is he completely by himself or
0: uh I have no idea. I'd have to I'd have okay. to uh look him up and see if the kid from Vermont will want to uh have a podcast and get to the bottom of that. <laughs> from what I can tell uh it's it looks like uh, a set of um w wheels and that's about it. It's I didn't check to see if he's got an exhaust system on there but um yeah I mean, I'd be like okay, a 14th in the 250 F class, which of course you're, you're involved in a supercross team. That's a horsepower race. So like to think that he would be able to do that on, uh, maybe some, some mild head work. Like,
1: man. yeah, no, that, yeah, no, it's cool, dude. You're either honestly, like for me, like what I think it's either, either you have the motor to do it. And if you're lacking in the motor, what you have to do is just be fit. Right. Because, oh, yeah. even believe it or not, some of the guys that have that motor aren't fit. So, 14th, yeah, good. I mean, the thing is, he started fourth. <laughs> so, I don't know, he must have went down, because I don't know how you get passed by 10 guys on that track. Yes, but yeah, I'm not too sure the right. Numbers don't lie, so that's weird. Um Elverson, I guess Elverson's hurt. I don't know if you've heard I, that, I, but I've heard foot, Elver- Broken foot? Yeah, because, so I mean, I, I honestly, it. like, I, I liked, I liked, the idea, the move he made to go back down to the lights in the East coast. And just, I, I, I liked it. I thought, you know, that's smart. Like, you know, get some, get some fight for some top fives, get some good rides in you and then go back to the 50s next year. But I guess he's hurting it. And I can't imagine he's too pumped through two rounds of the 10 and the 16. So, but uh, I'm hoping I see some more to him. Hey everybody. This is Jimmy button, former factory, Supercross rider. You're listening to the big MX radio show. We're going to take it to a commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Alberson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eyePort design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super-trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Brand. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now I start out every morning with a bowl of amigos.
0: For extreme kids like us.
2: Eric's a
0: the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. or just maintenance, he's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borton has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal, whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full-blown full rebuild on your forks or or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722.
2: Bills Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bills Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bills Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bills Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Billspipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Linovich, Vicky Golden. JMR Suzuki Team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Ford. Bill's pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's pipes and never settle.
1: Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon.
0: No doubt. And well, uh, and then the, the 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 back half of the top twenty or bad the back quarter. Um, not super familiar with all of these guys. I know Cartwright uh, did, raced a few of these last year as he was getting his points for super for arena cross for arena cross. Uh, Matt Beshalia, which um, the kid just seems a little bit gun shy and um, not able to really put in those, the, the, those those lap times that needed to do so. Um, but uh, honestly, I don't know if I have uh, too much tape on uh, Paul Coates or or Justin Starling. To be completely honest.
1: No, I know Busheglia. I think Bocheglia has broken his call room thirty four times since January first.
2: I think so, don't yeah. quote
1: me on that, but uh yeah, like I know he's had some crashes, and, and I feel bad for that whole team, man, because they, they they've done nothing but crash, and uh I know the work that gets put into those kind of programs, and it sucks to see and Bish- I mean Beheglia, believe it or not, uh, to me, when I'm looking at it on paper this past offseason, he was the big signing. To, to be totally honest with you like as yeah. far as free agents that that you thought maybe you know with, as far as bang for your buck and and what maybe could happen he he was he was sought after i'll tell you that and a podium i know most, yeah. uh yeah like so he's obviously hurt and he's still hurt i know he's on the west coast and he broke his collarbone and then he broke it again when he came back and it's plated and it's all good but i mean that still has to suck and what are you going to do? And then, yeah, like you said, like, Coates, Starling, and Fry. Obviously, Fry is that young kid up in the TLD program, but I think he's just going through some drawing pains. He had a good first round, but uh, he must yeah, have nice. crashed out of Daytona.
0: We started uh, started 21st and ended 21st. So as far as the plus-minus goes is as where as he was coming from. Uh, like, he didn't make any passes, but he was also not passed by anyone. So there's a positive right there.
1: There you go man. I loved what you think. I love it.
0: <laughs> you you got to pull some positives away when you're 2nd place. At least you were in the main event unlike uh several others that didn't end up making it. Honestly, like and, like you get get a chance to watch uh, quite a few of these uh on on television uh on the East Coast. The the some of the the most exciting racing is the 250 LCQ. Um like you got no less than 12 guys in there that are all fully capable of making this main event and, uh, like, they just battle and they take each other out and there's some last-minute like, just, like, last-ditch efforts and uh, it's it's Melee. I love it.
1: You know what? I, I used to be a big fan of the LCQs, but now that I'm kind of... Sometimes my weekend, whether it went good or bad, is dependent on these LCQs. I can't mm. even watch them anymore to be totally honest with you. Uh, yeah, dude, it... it that's got to be one of the craziest feelings in the world to, to to line up for an LCQ and to either get a start or go down in the first turn and know your night's over. That's, that's tough, but, um, you, you always got next weekend, I guess.
0: Fair enough. But uh, let's, let's switch it on over to uh, the, the 450s. But Before that, um, I just want to run this idea past you. Martin Davalos stays on two wheels for nine rounds, ends up winning a championship, and then gets placed on a 450 team to again ruin your fantasy motocross career for the next three years.
1: I will never pick Martin Davalos on a 450. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. I don't like. Here's the thing, though. Okay, let's just say everything goes great. Where does he slot in next year?
0: Uh, where does he slot in? I think you put him uh, depending on how, what his contract is with uh, with Husqvarna. Uh, maybe he's uh, a stablemate with uh, with Jason Anderson. Uh, mark him down for ninth to fourteenth, um, and uh, and some. So, some flashes of brilliance where he leads, uh, leads like uh, leads ten laps and ends up seventh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's yeah what I, I see agree. Team Davos it. doing.
1: Yeah, I agree to your extent. Like more what I was getting at is like if he doesn't sign up, like say he wins this year for Husqvarna. I mean, I think you, Bobby Hewitt has to put him on a four fifty on his team because I don't think he goes anywhere else. I just I don't oh, I don't yeah. see it. I don't see where else he shines so. <laughs> Yeah, Mitch ain't put him on a four fifty. He let yeah. I, I was told before he left, Mitch to go to Husky. Mitch made him an offer, and he went to Husky. So I don't know if Mitch is nice in that regard, like or you're a one and done, like if you if you leave, you're not coming back kind of guy. I don't know. So,
0: well, I, I was just surprised by that. Uh, maybe a little still uh, uh, ankle hurt by the the bike giving out on him and having three years of the. Like honestly, if 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 that bike hadn't done what it did um, in uh, 2013, he would've, he would've won. we would already be talking about. We would be talking about uh, him ruining our picks for 450 as is.
1: Yeah, but he yeah, and and he would have won, and he would have been done. But I think if that happened, he would have been gone by now because I don't think <laughs> some guys just don't translate to 450, and I think he's going to be one of them. I really do. I think like unfortunately, like you know. Someone who got put out because he won a championship, and I'm so surprised he's still around, and I'm I'm happy for him. But I didn't think it would go well. Is Brock Tickle, you know, like that yeah. rule? How it, it's three and done or whatever. Like, if 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 he would have not won the championship that year, he would still be in the 250 class, making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, Hanson got hurt, and and, and Martine's the same way. Martine's been the benefactor in the opposite sense of he got to stay in it because he's not making that same money in a 450, and he's not yeah. winning. And he's gonna be two or three and probably gone. Yeah,
0: and he, some people he, just he, don't
1: translate.
0: Wouldn't he out contract with 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 heat race bonuses and win bonuses? But he'd never actually get to cash in on them because he wouldn't be in at the front.
1: Yeah. So. But, but, but hey, hey, I got I got Mar I got him for the for the win this year, already. Martin, Martine, you're gonna win the East Coast, so we're cool. But I'm not gonna pick you in fantasy.
0: Fair enough. Uh, well, I- I'm still gonna uh, uh, bounce them around a little bit with uh, with my Moto Dynasty because I-, I think I'm uh, 63rd. In two fifties, um, so I, I need him to continue doing uh, somewhat well for me uh, while well, other people discount him. But uh, let's move over to the four fifty class where we had a brand new winner, and that's the number three machine finally uh, put the pieces together. But is anybody surprised that on the more on the most outdoors track of the Supercross series, Eli Tomac uh, goes ahead and wins? Given the fact that last time we saw him win a moto, it was uh, it was the first moto
1: of Colorado. No. No, I'm not surprised, and I'm going to be reserving all judgment on him till after Toronto, because I think it, it, I, he's, sure he's
2: fitness.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess, and I mean, he he had he had Dungy right there the entire time, but I think if you take the other 16 or 15 rounds, he doesn't hold off Dungy. I just think no. mentally, I think mentally and everything the stars aligned, and I think it worked out good. I just his class is so good, but. I, And everyone's so good, and it's so unpredictable. I still don't buy that you can have Tomac's season that he's had so far and then just all of a sudden flick a switch and lead that like that and just kind of totally be in control. And I think Daytona had a big part of that, you know? And, And I think, too, there was nowhere to pass, and it... I just, there also good wasn't a lot him, of place to just, make
0: up time. Like there wasn't like a yeah, just like oh you can yeah. be more intense and go faster. No, like that wasn't uh, a thing. No. Like, you couldn't just
1: yeah. Listen, yeah, I'm <laughs> doing my best to be politically correct so nobody gets mad at me. Um, but like so for so for example, like hey, listen, if this track was weird, but like it, it's good and bad because it sucks when like say Tomac and Dungeon are up front, they take off and it's done. But could you imagine if like Vince Freeze got the whole shot?
0: Yeah, he would have you know ended I mean?
1: they're, they're, Yeah, it would have been a 15-way battle for the lead the entire time. It, it would have been awesome. But, like, unfortunately, you know, the two fast guys got up front and, and took off, and that's fine. Uh, Roxon made up five spots, though, if my math yeah. doesn't mean correct. So, I mean, that I'm more impressed with, say, Roxon's ride. I mean, the more, it's, it's hard not to be impressed with Josh Grant. I mean, that's insane.
0: Did not pick him for my my fantasy motocross, and that that hurt me in four fifties. But uh, I, I I did not expect that out of uh, I guess I, I should have expected out of him, but I did not expect that out of uh, out of Josh. Like great rider, good in these one off things, I guess, which is something I should have uh, I should have like. Kept track of, but yeah, no. Like, yeah, guy like, guy like him putting in those types of laps, staying in front of guys like Cole Seeley, uh, guys that you know are in shape, and uh, he's been riding in the hills just doing his thing, but I guess to do it once isn't that crazy.
1: You know, I, I would have been less shocked if he won a heat race. <laughs>
0: that
1: yeah. might sound crazy, but like, yeah, yeah, totally. Jo- jo- everyone, everyone's always known that, like, that Josh Grant is fast is all hell and everyone knows that he has that one lap speed and at any given time he can turn it on but at the end of the day in the sport it's hard to argue that there's no value to fitness and I didn't think he'd have fitness he didn't always have fitness when he raced a full series yeah. now maybe that's speaking to not being worn out and coming in fresh and he did do the work but I mean that that he's he's a badass and everyone's talking whether or not he'll be on that Cowie for Will Hahn or maybe Suzuki will pick him up and let us do sit but um, I mean, I'd like to see him back on the track. He's just, he's hes too good. He's too naturally talented. And, and I know what he's doing. Like, I, I know why he's not riding. And everyone knows he, he, he's not getting the money he wants. And, well, I respect that because Josh is, Josh is. here's the thing. Everyone complains guys need to make more money and guys need to do this and guys need to do that. Well, guess what? A million years have gone by and everyone continues to ride for, they their, you know, no good money and they should be making more and blah, blah, blah. Josh Grant is the only one that's ever really taken a stand and said, "No, screw you! I will not ride. I will not ride. If I don't get the money I want, I will not ride." And it's just kind of a bummer to hear because everyone complains that nobody takes a stand, and then when Josh takes a stand, everyone thinks Josh is crazy. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know where I saw it in with that. That was a lot of babble, but like, so like I, I get it, but like, I gotta think Josh will regret this in the long run. You know, like you, you still could be out there going for top tens. You know, and if it if it was a fluke, fine. But I, I don't think it was a fluke. I think, I think, he, I think he could be competitive every weekend in that you know, five to twelve range. I do think though that like after this weekend, you got to think like Brayton Seely, Bogle are taking a really hard look at themselves. You know, like yeah. why is Josh Grant beating you? Like that's crazy to me. As good as he is, he still shouldn't slot in at round nine and beat you. And it's not no. like he got the whole shot. It's not like he got the whole shot and dropped anchor. No. He started in ninth and finished seventh.
0: <laughs> yeah, F- passed a couple guys, put in some great laps, and uh, if you've been grinding on the bicycle the way uh, Bogle, Seeley, Baggett, um, any of those guys have been, you're like,
1: geez. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The- <laughs> yep. It'd be it it'd be interesting to see though. Um, when I thought about this, I thought about back to Christian Craig last summer where he came out guns blazing and had a, I can't remember what round he started at, but he had like a fourth and a six. He had the fastest time. He was unbelievable. Yeah. And then the following weekend, he went like 38, 39. And what he attributed that to was he's like, dude, I just, I was spent. I used every bit of everything I had last weekend. And it'd be interesting to see if Josh, that would translate to more rides or Josh just used his speed and everything he had mentally and physically that, you know, would have been in the tank the next month to do that. Yeah. So that's my only well,
0: what, question. But what uh, for Josh? What do you think the better uh, the better uh, place to go is? It? Is it take your position back at Cowie with say, uh, say he gets the money uh, that he's looking for uh, for the rest of the year? Do you go back to Cowie or do you go back to uh, or do you go to stay stay on yellow and, and fill in for James for the rest of, of Supercross? Because if he goes to Cowie, I, I guarantee they want him to race outdoors because uh, Wilhan, torn labrum, busted shoulder but probably not back to 2017. Um, so what do you think is the best move for Josh Grant?
1: It depends. Um, it, it, here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Cowie has an all-new bike this year, right?
0: Uh, for the most part, yeah. For
1: 450. So if the money is there, he goes to Cowie, and I think he does it. As far as does he just want to take the money this year and then go after the sunset? This is the last time. Fine. Or does he want to keep putting good results and work towards something next year? You've got to think that unless a uh, man, I would not be surprised surprised if Stu retires after this year and says I'm done. He doesn't come back. Yeah. I don't think bag gets a lock for that ride next year. So if I'm thinking long term, I'm probably gonna go to Suzuki and only because they're on a Suzuki right now, it's the same bike you, you, you know, if you think you're just going to go in a cow and it's going to be seamless, it's not because it's a whole new bike.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: some people haven't had the best things to say, but I mean, Tomac's struggling, you know. So yeah. if it, it, it just, it's all, it's circumstantial. Like, I don't know what Josh is looking for. I don't think he's going to get the money he wants. I, I really no. don't because, like I said, good good on him. But what he wants is he wants to be paid for the risks he's taking, which I think is great which everybody should do, but they don't, and then he's kind of left out in the cold. So it just depends if he wants to waver from his, I guess, values, really.
0: Well, it goes back to that uh, um, if uh, if you're willing to do a job for free, people will let you do it for free. People like, are yeah. they're, they're passionate about this this sport, and the professionals at the very top, even though they've been racing for so long, they still love to do this, and they're willing to do it for less because like, what is, what's the other option? And um, Yeah. So they, they they just take that that money and uh, for 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 a guy like Josh, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, um, I'm not too sure of Tickles back at RCH next year. I know that uh, Ken Roxon is very close to signing with Honda. If I put in some great rides on a Suzuki for the rest of the year, maybe I could land myself at either Yoshimura or um, I've got some uh, like some some racing knowledge on. Uh, with uh, the 2017 uh, Suzuki, which is still unchanged. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, maybe I can go to RCH. gives you a little bit more options than, a, say, a guy like, uh, um, than going to Kawasaki, which is kind of like, basically is a step back to where I was six months ago when he finished off the, the, the year with those guys.
1: Well, and then they didn't sign, like, I mean, you got to remember, like, he was yeah. obviously in the running for that spot that Will Hong got, and they didn't sign him. Obviously, you got to think it's because of money. So where is he at, you know, on a – we're getting a long level. I, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's tricky, man. It, it all comes down to money. But the same with, with Suzuki is, like, I know money's not an option. Money not a big deal. And I know that they, they have this idea, well, if we don't have any riders, we don't got to replace them. We'll just park the truck because we don't have a title sponsor. Well, I feel like eventually that's going to – end up rubbing people the wrong way because you still have a lot of other sponsors (laughs) you still have a lot of other sponsors and it's like you can't just park the truck for half the year and also too when you're going out and you're trying to negotiate a title sponsor how are you going to look that sponsor in the eye and say you know this is what we want this is this this is that oh yeah we didn't ride half the series last year because our riders were hurt we just parked the truck you know sponsors are going to want to see that like no matter what happens you'll be there and if I was Suzuki, man, and I had a checkbook and it wasn't my checkbook, but I was about to spend money out of it. I mean, I got to think you're meeting Grant somewhere in the middle and just taking him racing for the rest of the year to kind of be that, that kind of cushion between Stu and Baggett who are both hurt, who are both, you know, fighting with injuries and whatever kind of, you know, personal problems you're having. So, I mean, I would hope that Suzuki signs him and I, and that's where I would go if I was Josh, but we'll see, man.
0: I think if I'm if I'm Suzuki, I I offer him a contract for the rest of 2016. Um, like nothing like like not crazy money, but appropriate money, but like with some serious uh, uh like some serious bonuses, so that uh, give him that carrot that if like if you really want to make some money, here's the like we'll give you the ability uh, to make it, but you have to go. Earn the money, which is, I guess, the Mitch Payton uh, approach to, to, to contracts, but give him that ability to do that on his own accord. But uh, I, I don't think that uh, he can get um, anything o- over like crazy over the top money, which is, of course, it's probably what he deserves. But it, it's tough to, to 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 say you can you can give
1: that. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and, and that's me, kind of like what I do. I, what I would do a little different was I would I would have a a a second year deal with an option. What I would say is here's what we're going to give you. Here's what we'd expect out of you for this kind of money. If you put in these kind of rides, you have a second year deal. We'll pick up that option at this amount of dollars. And that's how we're going to do this. Yeah. Because, it, you know, going back, you know, kind of get it from Daytona, but like it, you can't just throw money at people and, and what well, people don't realize, well, felt making a ton and ton and ton of money. Brands and manufacturers aren't. And unfortunately, the brands and the manufacturers are the ones that are driving the sport. And, you know, financially, it doesn't always make sense to throw a bunch of money at people. And honestly, like, I think everyone deserves, if you're if you're making a main event or you're a top 40 guy in the night show, you all deserve to make hundred grand. But the industry's finances doesn't allow for that. So, unfortunately, you can't do it. Um, so, I, I hope it's best for Josh, but we'll see.
0: Absolute. Now, um, before I let you go, a couple of uh, other uh, guys that I wanted to kind of run by you is uh, like um, several riders are kind of uh, like Ryan Dungey has his points lead. Uh, Eli Tomac chipped three points away from it this uh, this week, but otherwise uh, he's he's continuously uh, like more and more and more all the time on these different riders that uh, can't seem to find the amount of consistency necessary to um, even stick with him at this point. Very difficult for them. And um, Ryan Dungy currently has a, what, almost 30, 35-point 30, lead, roughly? Yeah, about a 30-point 30, 30 lead, uh, which is more than a race. And he's got almost uh, almost a 40-point forty, a 40 point lead on uh, on third place, Jason Anderson. Um, what needs to happen for Ryan Dungy to sweat at all?
1: He needs to be kidnapped by an angry van of Canadians. He needs to mm. be held in Toronto for three rounds after the Toronto round. Otherwise, <sighs> he's fine. I just, yeah. I don't see, you know, I, I don't like to like say, Oh, he, you know, there needs to be a crash this he's having. Cause I don't want to see anybody go down. I don't want to see bikes whoop, I don't want to see anything, but barring a disaster, who's going to touch him because you know, <laughs> the rest of them are just, they beat up each other. Yeah, exactly, man. He, he's there's a better chance of everyone just grenading each other, trying to get to Ryan than everyone, anybody getting to Ryan, yeah. you know, like, and, and Ryan, here's the thing. Muskan, Ryan's not Ryan's not acting. That's truly Ryan. If Muskan would have, if Muskan would have won, Ryan would have been so happy for him, and Ryan would have been hugging him, and he would've, It would have been just as victorious as, me. as Marvin. Marvin, and, and that's for two reasons. One, because he's probably the most polite, nicest guy on the planet. But two, he's really good at math, and he knows that no one's gonna come close to him if he just yeah. marks everyone and rides his race. Like, I mean, you gotta remember, like we're already at round nine. Or yeah. round ten, we're coming up to, right? So there's going to be six rounds left. Two or three, let's say two more rounds after t- Toronto, he could just cruise that thing home in like eighth, ninth, seventh. Yeah, and that's it's already you know there, with yeah. yeah. So like he he he's fine, man. <laughs> he's not worried at all.
0: At all, no, I totally agree. Um, this championship is is all but over. Um, Heaven forbid a a big crash or even a, a bike locking up, but that would that's the only thing that can stop Ryan Dungey from winning this championship. Uh, yeah, the, it, it would have to have the, the only thing that could they could possibly happen. Ryan Dungey has a so-so night, and and uh, Ken Roxon goes seven for seven. That's it. That's the mm-hmm. only way yeah for it without without uh, a catastrophic thing happening and even for mm-hmm. uh him like uh, Ryan Dungey to get a 8th like or a ninth you would still end up having to like get tied up with somebody on the uh, the first lap uh in the uh, like uh basically get get lapped on the first lap because of a first first turn pileup
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah so um for <laughs> a 50 class uh although extremely competitive like you have a bunch of guys you have um from the from ninth all the way up to uh fifth is there's only there's only 40 points separating those guys but otherwise like mm-hmm. it's um the, the championship's all but over
1: yeah I, i'm so like as a fan i'm bummed because like again i could be wrong i don't know i can't remember every points gap within the last you know like five ten years but every year it's oh who's next what this and that and it's like it never lives up to the hype because it just seems no matter what happens, even if the little retires, then Dungey grabs another gear. When Dungey retires, somebody else is going to grab another gear, and there's always going to be that one guy that's the class of the field. And then two through ninth will be the series. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and like, honestly, for sport, because we put so much uh, importance on the race wins and the championship wins, most of us don't even notice the fact that maybe a guy like uh, – uh Marvin Muscan has like ra- like risen within that uh like that like so he was probably in 10th or 11th in point 6 weeks ago and now he's in uh in 7th but most people don't even notice that because we're, we're as as a racing society we're trained not to not to pay much attention to people outside the top 3.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, and I I used to be totally against Everyone's talking about like um restructuring the points and having a chase system and having this and having that. But you know, as each year goes by, I'm becoming more and more on board to having something, just something that makes it come down to the wire. You know, I, I bet yeah. the She's not pumped on that. But I actually, you know, the guy the new uh guy from Pulp MX did some of the numbers and I think it was like two thousand twelve, Justin Brayton would have won the title in a point system. Yeah. Or uh, uh it, I, it, Yeah. So that to me, that to me is really cool because I just feel like at least you're, at least you're watching something right at the, at the end of it all, you're, 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 you're watching something and and say you're a Justin Brayton fan. Well, if there was no chase system after around 10, you're, you're emotionally detached from the series at this point where if you made it, if you made it, so these guys all have a shot, everyone's still emotionally attached till the very end. And I think, I mean, you know, people always talk. Oh, what what could our series do? What could our series do? I mean, our series can just take notes from other series that are extremely profitable and extremely popular, and let's try it. All you can do is try. That's the thing with Daytona. Everyone everyone complained because everyone used to complain because it used to be outdoorsy, and that's stupid because this is a supercross series. And now they're trying new things and making it more supercrossy, and everyone's mad that it's too supercrossy. Well, at least they're trying, you know, and they're yeah. trying stuff, and they're trying stuff with the Monster Energy Cup, and, and you it's can all always cool go stuff. back. Yeah, exactly. we can always
0: go back. We're like, hey, we tried the chase thing; it didn't work out the way, it didn't sell the way we thought it would. Uh, we're going back to uh, to just straight points, and um, yeah, so like the like people forget that in the eighties uh, we had a one or two years where it was two main events.
1: Yeah no e- exactly and two, like to come to your point like if everything had a value on it i'm talking everything like for example who is it bogle his first four semi races he won well yeah. if there was a half a point for a semi win and a quarter of a point for an lcq win and a full point for a heat race win every time someone's on the line there's something on the line whereas like I mean, it could be argued that maybe not everyone watches the LCQs. Maybe that's when they go get their hot dog, you know, or they, 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 you know, go get a fresh beer or whatever. But if if there's something on the line every time you line up, no matter what e-race it is or LC, what doesn't matter, everyone will be engaged, the teams included. And I, I think that would really help everything. And Lab, it would help Led, the, whatever. the teams like, that do anything yeah.
0: in the LCQs because, like, if you're, like, if there's no real reward for winning that, that, uh, thing, people just don't put as much weight to it. And, uh, you as a team yeah. from that, that, are, if you guys end up in a lot of LCQs, yeah, like we, we won, um, we, we won six LCQs this year and we got a, uh, X number of points because of that is, and we also got a TV, uh, interview. It's like, I don't know, add more. Put, put more importance on more things. Like, I don't, I don't think like we're, we're the sport in itself is underserved. It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. there, there's so much more that we can bring to it.
1: Well, and, and I mean, the general public would know this, but even an LCQ podium is a big deal for a lot of sponsors. I mean, you're still yeah. on the podium in front of 40,000 people and, you know, exactly in LCQ this, this year. And some sponsors were going nuts and I'm like, huh? And then I thought about it. and I'm like, well, no, like that's, that totally makes sense and if you put in more importance on every individual aspect of the racing that will also translate to you know to more sponsor dollars and more sponsors being happy like if there's points being given out to the lcq and people are taking lcq serious lcq wins will be taken seriously by sponsors and then that usually means more money for teams
0: (laughs) you know what i mean so like and more and more money for teams means more money for riders means more money for exactly.
1: It benefits everyone, so I'd like to see some changes, and I think I, I'm hearing that there's going to be changes, so it'll be exciting next year for sure.
0: I totally agree, and I'm glad that we were able to uh, get together to uh, discuss all the problems with professional motocross and solve them in like
2: two hours.
1: Yeah, look at us, eh? We had a couple of kids from Canada. We, we know how to fix everything with motocross and supercross, so... Uh, make sure you give everyone our numbers at the end of this podcast and they can call us and we will uh, navigate them to success.
0: Absolutely. Uh, there's a big comfy chair at the top of, uh, of all decisions of motocross waiting for us. And uh, I'm happy to uh, share that spot with you, my friend.
1: <laughs> right on dude. It's
0: awesome. Well, uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show to uh, discuss uh, Canada, Slayton racing um 250s 450s motocross in general sharing some stories and uh and all things uh I I definitely have some editing to do to to break things down and uh and bring it so, for someone for everyone to enjoy but uh, uh, mm-hmm. pleasure to do that and uh we'll be in touch going forward can't wait to have you on the show again to uh, make this a more regular thing is there anyone that you'd like to thank before uh for uh, leaving us today
1: You know what, man? We got a lot of sponsors, but um, I'm sure Cole and Zach will take care of all that. I just want to give a big thanks to to John and Bruce Slayton. Um, You know, there's a lot of teams in the pits that don't get recognition, and you know, I look at these teams, and and all I see is you know hardworking individuals that, at the end of the day, take kids racing on the weekend. And I think uh, we need more people like John and Bruce Slayton and that whole Slayton family. And I want to thank them. I know from everyone. I know Ryan, all the riders, myself, Paul, we're all very thankful for them. So thank you to the Slaytons.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, uh, like I said, we'll continue to be in touch. Uh, don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake. We'll cut it off right there. You got her, man. Thank you for listening to the big MX podcast brought to you by X brand goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes. You may have missed check out our website at big for more content.